Welcome to another edition of the Xamarin Podcast. I'm Pierce Bogan, and I'm joined by my good friend, Mike James. Mike, how was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was lovely, thank you very much, Pierce. Um, here, just outside London, um, we had an air show, the Farnborough Air Show, which is uh, a really big one uh, for Europe. I think it moves moves around Europe, so next year it'll probably be in, in Paris. Um, but it, come, it will be back in two years. Um, but I sat in my brother's garden, which is effectively at the end of the runway. Um, so as they came into land, you could see them. Um, and they really were just flying overhead. It felt like you could jump up and touch them. So we watched uh, Eurofighters, A380s, uh, the A400, which is looks like the replacement to the Hercules, come in and land. Um, they did huge displays we had the red arrows which is uh you guys have a similar thing but i think yours is like blue where you've got these tiny little jets that are really meant for learning in and they fly around and they do the smoke colored smoke and things oh yeah yeah no yeah. those are the are those the same ones i don't know if you guys have this in in britain like at the beach that like have the adverts on the back that they fly is that the same plane or is that a different plane it oh, has like the totally different plane different totally okay different. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm clearly uh, not an aviation expert. <laughs> yeah, so uh, no, the, the Red Arrows, um, they're, they're, a, they're a squadron within the military. Oh. Um, and they have these tiny little jets. They don't carry any weapons, but they're red. And they have the, the ability to pour smoke out the back. Um, so you get these lovely uh, smoke effects. And they, mm. they use them normally when it's the Queen's birthday to, to wish her a happy birthday. But also at events like this. So uh, uh, I think they they had the A, A400, which is to say is the Hercules replacement, um, followed with the, the red arrows spewing the red, white, and blue, I think it was. Which I think is that America. Not French? America. Yeah. America. America. Uh, but no, it was a really, really cool weekend. Um, saw the A380 up close um, as it came into land. Absolutely amazed, first of all, that Farnborough could could allow for such a, a huge plane to land there because it's, uh, it's a small airport, but in the scheme of things, it's it's not for holidays or anything. It's for people on business. So I'm surprised that they have a runway that big. Um, but yeah, really good fun. What did you get up to? Well, um, me and my wife have been living in the city now together for two months. I've been living here for nearly a year. Uh, and if you've been listening to the Xamarin podcast, you know that I'm from Alabama. Clearly very different environment than living in Boston. So we're we are kind of getting to the point now, especially me, now that I've been in the city for a year, where I kind of feel like I'm a little trapped almost because I feel like I'm kind of limited in terms of what I can do uh, in terms of how far public transit will go. Um, and not really even the buses, just kind of the subway. Um, so that's generally like a couple miles each direction from where I'm at. I can go up into Cambridge, Somerville. I can go out, you know, west to, to like Brookline and Alston where all the college kids live and all that sort of thing. But I can't really like explore outside of the city. That's still, as I would say, the city. Um, and I'm not used to that environment. I like driving around. I actually really enjoy driving. I like going around, seeing new things. And so we actually rented a zip car. Uh, for the weekend, my first zip car experience. Um, it was amazing. Besides the really creepy part where we had to like awkwardly get the valet to pull the car out from where it was because there was three other cars parked in front of it. Besides that, it was a good experience. It's kind of nifty and people look at you weird when you're unlocking and locking the car with like your credit card type thing that you put on the dash. And that's how I unlock and lock the car and that sort of thing. So people like look at you weird. They're like, what's going on with that guy? Like they'll stare at you from across the parking lot. 
but it was fun. We we drove around all around the North Boston area. So we went uh, to Burlington, where Oracle has an office, Citrix has an office. Um, we went up there and had some Chick Fil A, which is like chicken, which is amazing, which I don't get up here in Boston uh, very much. And then we drove over to the beach, um, which was amazing as well. The water, not as warm as it is in Alabama on the beaches. I think it was like 60-ish degrees. Uh, so it was very chilly. You lost feeling in your legs um, after about you know, 15, 20 seconds in. And you almost lose your breath when you run into the water. Because I actually ran in because I knew it was going to be tough. Uh, and so I got in for like 15 minutes. Jill got in for like literally a minute and got out. Uh, and then we went up to Rocksport, which is a cool little like... Uh, shopping town up about 30 minutes north of Boston. So it was a good weekend. And then Sunday I did nothing. Um, so it was a good weekend overall. But uh, the reason we're here uh, for this podcast on this edition of the Xamarin Podcast is to talk about some of the tools uh, that we use when we're building apps uh, that help us to build you know, awesome, beautiful looking applications. And before we even start coding, there's a design process that takes place. Maybe not. Maybe you're one of those guys who's like, file new. Let's just do it. I'm going to implement this. The Leroy Jen- I, I like to call it the Leroy Jenkins of app development. You just go straight in. I don't know if you know that reference. It's from World of no Warcraft. Idea. Okay, well, some guy essentially ran into a dungeon uh, before everyone was ready and screamed to Leroy Jenkins. Um, you should look up the clip. Um, it's amazing. I'm sure most, most of the listeners in the States at least probably know what that is. I call it the Leroy Jenkins of app development because you just go. You just, you're not prepared. You just go straight in, file new, let's do it which is good sometimes, but even like on personal projects, I've noticed if I add a little bit more thought on the front end, it saves me a ton of time in terms of development um, because if I keep changing the design, well, first of all, I have to implement a design when I don't have one. And so I try and implement something and then I say, no, that's not quite right. And because you're coding it and you're not you know, visually designing it in a, in a tool like Photoshop or Sketch, it takes forever to iterate on a design because you're actually implementing a design and iterating on that implementation. Um, so before we do that, Mike introduced it to me about a year and a half ago when I was building Moments, an app called Sketch. Um, and so Sketch is awesome. Um, and that's how I actually implement my designs uh, in, in visual form. But to actually get that inspiration, he showed me a few other websites. So, so where, where do you look for inspiration when you're building apps, uh, Mike? Well, there's two places. There's the App Store. That's always a good place to start. It's a great place to start, um, but I tend with the App Store. I tend to look at huge, huge businesses that everyone's heard of. Yep. Um, I think the likes of Airbnb are doing a, an amazing job. Um, you've got people like Duolingo as well, producing very, very, very beautiful yep. iOS apps that are highly polished. And the the reason I check these kind of apps out and look through the the trending apps is to to get a feel for what what is the competition doing? Because, you know, I may not be in the same uh, category as Airbnb with beer drinking or bait news, but it's still an app that is on the app store that, you know, people go into the app store and they look at the top 10. I'm going to be competing, hopefully, with those top 10 items. So I want to be able to be on the same level. So I always check out what they're doing. But then second to that, I use a website called Dribble, which has got three Bs. It's like three commas. That's a Silicon Valley quote. Um, three commas. Uh, yeah, so Dribble with three Bs. And it's a, a place where designers and UI designers and graphic designers can come and share their designs for the apps that they're designing. And I don't, truth be told, I don't tend to use this too much anymore. Um, but what I do use it for is getting color schemes. 
And I've said this a million times, and I'll say it to anyone that listens. If you get yourself a good font and a good color scheme, you've pretty much got a good design. Um, and any designer out there will be going, no! But it it's kind of true. If you've got a decent color scheme and a decent font, you're like 90% of the way there. You'll want to pay someone to make you some custom icons. You'll probably want to pay someone to make you the app icon. And when I say pay someone, I do mean more than the $5 on Fiverr. You <laughs> actually hire a professional rather than, you know, paying someone $5 and expecting the world. Um, but yeah, decent color scheme, always go to Dribbble for it. And I don't, I think the key thing with using something like Dribbble is to not just take what's on there and go with it. You've got to, you've got to tweak it, you've got to iterate, and you've got to make it your own. And with beer drinking, I've been working on it. Uh, passively for the last year um, but a lot of that as you mentioned is iteration on design and for ages I was iterating the design within the IDE and I was like this is madness so I created a sketch file um, and I put all of my designs in there and I've been using that now solidly for about six months and it's interesting how the design has evolved you can see within the sketch file itself you know uh, just tweaking of things and Having it all in one place allows me to very quickly check for consistency, to check that my font weights are the same, that they're exactly the same colour. Um, yeah, and when you have, I think, again, decent colours, but font consistency, it's all well and good having the same font throughout your app, but if you're, in one view, your header or title is 14 pixels, and in the next view it's 16 well, you've introduced an inconsistency and the user will pick up on it. And it won't be that they go, oh, that font's the wrong size. They'll just be like, something's a little off about this. It doesn't quite look right. Um, whereas when you nail those details, you get an app that looks great. Um, and a service that I use that really helps with that is called Zeppelin. And it's uh, it's a service that you can pay for. You can get a free version. Um, it's got different tiers. So the free version allows for one project, but it allows you to export your screens to uh, this website and there's a desktop app for Mac and PC. And it allows designers to share their design with developers and it's mainly aimed at developers implementing the design. So I, I would create my design in Sketch, I would export it to Zeppelin and then I start the implementation process. And through Zeppelin, I get access to the color schemes. Um, in fact, even within the IDE, so when I'm in Xamarin Studio, when I select a control within the iOS designer, I can select the color tab. And within the color picker, there is a tab called Zeppelin. And I can select that, and it will show me the color palettes from my currently open Zeppelin project which is what I'm trying to implement. So I don't even have to copy and paste hex codes. I've just got all the colors available to me uh, within the IDE. Um, it shows me margins and sizings so that I can very, very quickly create my auto layouts and know that that is exactly, you know, if I'm running on an iPhone 6 Plus, that it's going to look exactly the same on the device as it would on, on Zeppelin as I'm looking at it. And it allows me to export artwork as well within different resolutions. So... Zeppelin and Sketch combined are my go-to apps right now uh, for the design process of any iOS or even Android app. Um, Dutch Railways, which is an app that won the Zummies at the Xamarin Evolve in earlier this year, I think it was April or May, um, they, they actually introduced me to Zeppelin, and that's built just for Android. They don't have an iOS app uh, for that. 
and the designer swears by it and the developers that are being handed the output to Zeppelin, they absolutely love it. Um, so I'm a huge convert. And as I say, it's free. It's I don't pay any money for Zeppelin because I only use it for beer drinking. So it sounds like maybe using Sketch and trying to implement straight away from Sketch, while that's not the worst approach because you have given some forethought to your design, Zeppelin really takes it that extra step as a developer and makes it super, super easy to implement. Because I know the, the thing with Sketch is you have, you know, all the, obviously it's a design tool, so you have a lot of layers, there's groups, there's objects all over the place. Sometimes it's tricky to figure out, you know, how do I export this? Do I export that? What size does it need to be? But it sounds like Zeppelin does a lot of that for you and actually guides the developer through implementing a design. Yeah, yeah, it certainly makes out the the layout of it much easier and making sure that you've got the colors and the, the font weights and the sizes and everything correct. Um, in terms of custom controls, it's not going to help you a huge amount because when you get into the custom controls, you're probably going to want to use a tool called Paint Code. And this is a tool that everyone's heard me talk about a million times because it's it's one of the, the, the core fundamental pillars of app development f for, for me, at least. Um, it allows you to to take your design from Sketch and import it into to Paint Code, and it's going to generate the C Sharp drawing code for you. Um, now, when I say you import it, what you can actually do is you can just copy and paste. So you can copy the, the, the UI element in Sketch and paste it straight into Paint Code, and you get the code generated for you. You can take the, the, the C Sharp drawing code that it will generate. You can paste that into Visual Studio or Xamarin Studio. And then you can see it live rendered within the iOS designer. Um, so, so you're not using it, you're not writing any drawing code. Say I want to do like a rating control one through five. You're not having to write any drawing code. You're just pasting that into paint code. It sorts it all out for you. And I just take that code that it exports, which it, it exports C sharp, right? Uh, yeah. And I can just copy and paste that into my project. And I have a custom control in a few minutes from sketch, right? That's exactly right. And it's resolution independent. So when the next version of iPad Pro comes out that's got an even higher DPI, you know that your app is going to look fantastic running on that device. Um, so that's that's probably my favorite feature of... Well, actually, no, my favorite feature of Paint Code is the fact of the variables. That if you export everything as an image... Um, and, and we've seen this before in, a, in an app that we worked on. We were, we were handed an app to do a code review. Uh, I think it was for... Microsoft build something it was a few years back but um, they they had created a custom control and I use that in the loosest possible sense it was just an image basically it was a circular progress bar and they had a hundred images and you can kind of already guess how this is going uh, so they would replace the image depending on the value of the progress so if it was at 50 they would load up image 50 which would be bang on 50% of the progress um, and it works. That approach 100% works, and I can understand why people do that. And in fact, for the longest time, if you wanted to do any custom controls on Apple Watch, you would have to sport that approach. But for iOS, we don't need to do that. For iOS, we can create a custom control. Um, and it's just going to work so much better, because when you need to scale that onto a new uh, form factor, or you know, it's got a higher pixel density, the image is going to look rubbish. Whereas my custom control that's drawing that live on the device rather than a pre-rendered image, my version is always going to look crisp and look amazing. Their version won't. Um, so I'm a huge, huge fan of, of Paint Code. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this in the past. 
when you are when you're designing an app, especially if you're a developer, every time you add something to that design, you're thinking about the implementation as you add it. You're like, oh, this is gonna, you know, this is gonna not be too hard to implement. This is gonna be super difficult to implement. And I know Mike, you've done this before. You've actually, you know, seen something in in your design and been like, nope, I'm gonna actually delete that. That's too hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I've done the same thing. I've been like, you know, on my, in my sketch file, it says grandiose app design. It's going to win an Apple design award. Then I actually get it into app form and it, it, I've reduced all the actual really nice, you know, small tweaks that make it a beautiful, not easy to use application. It, it's great. And paint code kind of takes away that, that barrier. Cause especially if I see like a custom rating control uh, or something like that, that, that's my go-to for a custom control for some reason. Uh, if I see something like that or that circular progress bar, I'm like, right, uh, implementing that. If I if I do choose to implement it, I'm going to do something like the image approach, which is obviously, you know, not ideal. But with paint code, that just makes it so simple. And uh, and you can do like it can do like, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but like for the circular progress thing, you can even do like a little animation and that sort of thing to actually fill out the progress bar versus an image, which is obviously just static. Yeah. So with the what you could what you could do to animate that is well first of all paint code has the idea of variables so you would set a variable for your percentage number you can then put some equations and mathematics in in order to go from your percentage value to uh, your value your offset for your circle because what you're going to do is have multiple circles layered on top of each other and you're effectively going to resize the angle um, in order to get I mean, in my mind, what I'm saying now makes perfect sense, but I realise, you know, when someone's trying to explain how something looks on radio, it all, all, almost always doesn't <laughs> work. Um, but yeah, so you have this idea of variables, and you could effectively animate that that number. So you could you could put a curve on it in order for it to animate in quite nicely. Um, and I think you're right about the implementation of controls. I often find that in when, when I'm designing... I'll, I'll design something really, really pretty, and especially, especially with transitions. Oh my goodness! With transitions, if transitions are where I realise that I'm not a great developer. <laughs> transitions are like where I've got the amazing idea, and I'm like, oh, I've got to implement that. Ah, we'll just uh, <laughs> v two, v two, v two. Yeah, exactly that. I'm always like v v two. We'll push it. We'll push it back to another version because. It takes time, and yeah. you've got to iterate that kind of thing. And especially with transitions, transitions are super hard to get right. Uh, I was looking at a tool actually for animations called Core Animation. It's a Mac tool, uh, and it generates Swift and Objective C. Um, but I heard rumors from the community that um, they might be investigating Xamarin. Um, but that seems to make it e slightly easier to do animations. But it doesn't actually appear to do very much more than the Awesomeizer library that I wrote. Um, it just comes with a nice UI for it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm totally always designing something and then going, oh, I've got to implement this? Okay, yeah, let's scale that back. Um, and I think with, with Zeppelin, it kind of forces me not to do that because when I'm in Sketch, it's very easy to say, well, that's going to be difficult to implement. Whilst I'm implementing it, I'll just edit it now on the Sketch file. Um, whereas with Zeppelin, I'm kind of like, right, this is signed off, I finished, this is going to be the design, now I actually need to implement it. Um, and you shouldn't be limiting your apps with the thought of, oh, well, I've got to, I've got to actually write the code for this. Um, you know, with Bait News, 
there was a custom uh, component for the swiping Tinder style cards and it didn't do what I wanted it to do. And my initial reaction was, eh, I can cut that as a feature. Um, I don't need uh, to be able to get the index of the currently visible card. Um, but actually it was really important. So I, I bit the bullet and I just spent a day and it was just a day's worth of coding in order to get the custom control. Um, but when you think if you've got a deadline, a day's worth of coding on one element of your app feels like a lot, but actually that one element of this particular app is incredibly important. Um, and I could have gone with the easy route of just saying, eh, too difficult, V2. Um, but again, I used paint code on that and it, it made it infinitely easier for the custom drawing. All I had to worry about in that case was animations. I think animations are pretty difficult in general, especially when you're don't when you don't have that u visible UI to design with and interact with and just play around with. You're just writing code, deploying it, seeing how it looks, and then trying again. Um, that iterating process is just uh, it's quite difficult. But as I say, um, core animation is meant to be coming to Xamarin or meant to support Xamarin. I mean, we're not actively involved in this. This is as I say, it's just a rumor I've heard from someone in the community. Um, but that would be quite cool. The app's quite expensive for core animation. I would say that much. It's a hundred dollars. Um, although to be fair, most of the apps we're talking about today are a hundred dollars. I think that's the uh, the lucky number for Mac, for Mac, iOS designing apps for the Mac. Well, I mean, if you think about it, spending two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars to make sure that your app looks better. I mean, if you told uh, a manager, your manager, for example, that uh, hey, I have to spend three hundred dollars and the app's going to look, you know, infinitely better because. I'm actually, you know, giving thought to my design and using actual tooling for the design process. I think yeah. he would be all for that. I mean, the design is your app in many ways. A lot of users don't even think in terms of functionality. They think in terms of look. And if the app, yeah. if the app look is terrible, then right after I download your app, it's going, you know, straight to the deletion. Um, the, thing, the thing I always like to see is, you know, I'll download an app and it will look really ugly. But I always just assume then that the code is amazing. Really? See, I do the, yeah. for some reason, I do the opposite. I assume if, you know, the UI is amazing, then they've clearly given a lot of thought to building the application because they clearly have a designer, maybe, unless the developer is an amazing designer, which would be an amazing skill to have. Um, and they clearly have some sort of process. So I, if, if, the, if the UI is amazing, I generally assume the app will also be amazing. But actually, now that I think about it, that's not always true. Um, yeah. A lot of times, it's they've spent so much time on the UI that the actual, you know, core logic of the app isn't implemented that great. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where I tend to to think is with single developers, you you can only really have a, either a beautiful designed app and a horribly architected app, <laughs> or you have uh, beautifully architected, horribly designed. Um, obviously, there it's not black and white. There are shades of grey with that, but that's how I tend to think. So when I see a good-looking sample or a good-looking app in the App Store, I tend to think that the, the code is going to be not so great. But if you're using something like Paint Code, then most of the code for that stuff is just auto-generated for you. Um, so if, you, if you're being paid by lines of code, then Paint Code's probably... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just swap out every image with Paint Code. Yep. Um, so it sounds like the process is, okay, let's use Sketch. Let's actually get a proper design that we can see. We can see the whole app. Like you said, you can see, make sure all the the font weights and everything like that line up. Uh, we have we have a full view of our application. We pass it over to Zeppelin, just export it to yep. Zeppelin. Uh, we use that for the actual implementation. If there's any custom controls or anything like that, we use paint code. 
Uh, and then when we're ready to actually deploy our application and get it into the hands of users, uh, what tools do you use for that, Mike? I use, uh, so I use BitRise. Now, I use BitRise because it was, I, I've always wanted to get into CI, but I'm not, I'm not a CI expert. I'm definitely not a CI expert, but I wanted to get into it without much overhead. And I'd looked at buying a Mac Mini and installing Jenkins on it. Um, but it was all just too much effort. I just never got around to it. It was one of those things where I was constantly like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that at some point. Um, but never got around to it. And then uh, someone introduced me to, to, to BitRise. I think it was one of our customer success engineers. Um, and I was blown away by it. It was so, so easy. Um, I managed to get up and running within about two minutes. I connected it up to the beer drinking repository on GitHub. I fired off a build from the web portal of BitRise, um, and it built my application, and then it emailed it to me. So it emailed me the link to, to install it on my iPhone. Um, and then the more I've kind of dug into BitRise, the more I've, I've realized just how powerful it is. Um, so it's a, I should say it's a free service. You don't have to pay for it. You can pay for it if you want to. Um, I've in fact started paying $50 a month for I think their basic tier uh, just to show them some support. I don't need to because I think if uh, your builds are less than 10 minutes, you don't need to pay. And obviously my mobile apps, they build way faster than 10 minutes. Um, so there's no requirement for me to pay, but I, I love the work the guys are doing and I want to see it continue. Um, but yeah, so I've now got NUnit integrated into it, so it fires off some Unit tests. It then sends up the app off to Test Cloud, and my test scripts for Test Cloud are really simple right now. But it just can it launch the app and take a, take a screenshot. If all of those pass, and it's like on 50 devices right now, then it will rebuild the app for release, and it will ship it off to you know Pierce uh, and Joseph and and some other people in order to for them to test it, um, and it ships it off using Hockey App. Now, it could use a BitRise uh, continuous deployment and deploy it through their system as well. Um, but I found I'd already got Hockey App set up uh, for some other bits and bobs that I use it for. And I'd already got a list of users tagged, um, which I quite like with Hockey App, that you can tag to particular users and then deploy by tag. So I've got external testers, I've got community leaders, um, I've got Xamarin users, and then I've got friends. So I can decide on what builds, and, what, and I can even do this from within BitRise, that if something is being built on a particular branch, then it should only ever be shipped to Xamarin tagged users. Um, so I'd just say I want this for my colleagues. Um, if, uh, as a general rule, my master, when I'm building from master, that's going to ship off to my community leaders, friends, and Xamarin. Um, it doesn't go to external. External has to be me actually hit and go. Um, so yeah, I've got all these rules and different processes. Um, and I've also got things like nightly builds that happen. Um, I don't email out a new build um, because often the nightly build will be the same nightly build as last night because it's just building off master. But it's just a way for me to confirm that yes, everything is still working, nothing is broken. And when things do break, I get an email straight away, be it in Hockey App, BitRise, uh, or test cloud. So I, as a newbie, you know, I hadn't done any CI, um, but I think it was probably November. I could say November I had done no CI, and now I've got everything set up in CI. You know, Ash, the app service helper library we've written, works with BitRise. Um, Bait News, I'm building with BitRise. Beer Drinking uses BitRise. And I, I'm able to get this all configured and working within, realistically, probably 
I could add a new app in a minute and a half. Wow. Yeah. I, I would say less than that if I'm if I actually time myself, but I'm just, you know, to actually log in and then select the repository within GitHub of what I want to build. I reckon probably a minute and a half and I can have it all set up and ready to go. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Sounds great. Well worth it. Great. Well, if you're interested about uh, learning more about CI and, and BitRise and maybe even VSTS, hockey app, that sort of thing, you should check out our podcast we did on CI, uh, available through iTunes, uh, Stitcher, now Google Play Music. That's pretty exciting. I didn't even know that was a service, uh, probably because me and Mike are, are so blind to what happens in Android world. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to let us know on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at Xamarin Podcast. Uh, we also have, obviously, our personal accounts. I'm at Pierce Bogan, and Mike is at MikeCodes.net. Uh, if you have any feedback or show suggestions or that sort of thing, please be sure to let us know. We love hearing your feedback. Uh, this has been another edition of the Xamarin Podcast. I'm Pierce Bogan. And I'm Mike James. Thanks for listening.